Welcome in to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. I'm Thomas Miller. Thank you so much for joining us. Robert Glasscock is right here. He is coffeeed up and ready to go. (laughs) In our last episode, we talked about the nodes of the moon changing signs. And the south node is entering the lair or the sign that is ruled by Venus. Well, Venus is going retrograde on July 22nd, just five days after that nodal axis changes. So it's only appropriate that we give Venus fair time. So today we're going to talk about this phenomenon in the sky that happens about every 18 months. Actually, that's the same time frame as when the nodes change signs. Venus going retrograde. So, Robert, maybe we could look at this from two perspectives. One, what happens when Venus goes retrograde? And then what might we expect here in this one, 2023? Well, when Venus goes retrograde, which it does on July 22nd here, and it it turns direct in September, Venus primarily rules two things, love and money. It's your values. And those are the big ones. What you love, and that includes talents, artistic and creative talents, which, believe me, Venus and Leo retrograde can send somebody in their own lives or in their own minds back to a talent that they used to express and haven't in a while. They can pick it back up, a hobby that they used to love. It suddenly comes back into their lives. Uh, That's one thing. Uh, As far as love and romance, it tends to be, if you're in a couple, It tends to be a time where the two of you are going to be between now and September, let's say, talking a lot about monetary things like how, what do we want to do? Are we thinking about furnishing this place, making some significant purchases to improve the home? Are we thinking about buying a new home or moving? to think creatively about making money. So it can be a time for either thinking about starting your own self-employment venture or refining one that you already have going to make it successful, in other words. So it's a great time. And the other thing in love and romance, amazingly enough, people will find themselves either thinking about past loves or actually hearing from them or about them under Venus retrograde. Another thing with the money aspect of Venus is sometimes money that is owing you will show up, even though you may have completely forgotten about it or didn't know it, or it could be something you've been waiting on, but oftentimes money that's owed to you uh, will turn up during a Venus retrograde. But really what it is to me is a period for looking hard but lovingly at what you really value in yourself in your loved ones and in your life and focus on building on those things because it can be a wonderful aspect venus retrograde for renewing vows restoring estranged relationships all of those sorts of things You know, we mentioned in the last episode when we talked about the nodes of the moon changing signs, and I mentioned that one of the things that I was getting really present to with Venus, and maybe this is such a parlay because this is happening so close to the actual sign change where the moon's ingress into south node is ingressing into Libra, that we will tend to try to be peaceful to the extent of sacrificing ourselves. 
So what you're saying is <laughs> nodes move in, danger warning right there. And then here is Venus retrograde saying, take care of yourself and be willing to stand up for what you need. Don't try to put peace ahead of what you need, which a lot of people do. You know, there's such a wonderful irony in that, Thomas, in psychology. There's something called the Cartman Rescuer Persecutor Victim Triangle. And when you were just talking about this dilemma that we all kind of face, but especially maybe those of us under this Venus, about saying no to people versus pleasing people when we really don't want to. And let me just give you a quick example of how this rescuer, persecutor, victim triangle, we all do it if we're not aware of it. Say somebody invites you to a party, you don't want to go. You know you don't want to go. You don't like the people. There are going to be people there that bore you to tears. You don't want to go. But because this guy and gal are kind of related to by second marriages and this sort of semi-family, you feel obligated to go and you're afraid if you don't go, that that will make a statement too. Well, you rescue them from hearing the truth. You say, oh, yeah, I'd love to. And you accept the invitation. So now you go to the gathering. And believe me, when you're there unconsciously, because you resent being there, you didn't want to be there in the first place, but you didn't take responsibility for yourself. You sacrificed yourself. So now you resent it. And at that, that family party or gathering, whatever it is, uh, you lift a glass of punch and suddenly somebody will bump into you from behind and you'll spill the punch all over the host. Totally accidental, except it isn't. Or you will get in an argument with one of the people at the party because you haven't had, you haven't had a, the, the wherewithal to express your own anger. So now it comes out in this unconscious. So you become, first of all, you rescue the original invitation, the person that gave it from hearing that you don't want to come. Or make something up. <laughs> if you're Capricorn rising like me, it's very easy to say, gosh, I wish I could. I am booked up from now until next August. So there are different ways of, of you don't have to tell the person, no, I don't want to come because I can't stand any of you. You can't say that. But this rescue, we go back and forth. So you rescue them from hearing, I don't want to come. And then you go. And then you turn into the persecutor spilling coffee or punch on somebody. And then you become the victim when somebody called you on it. So it just goes round and round and round. And the solution and it, the solution to peace is saying what you are for, against, again, not against, saying what you're for and letting the person, I wish I could, I really can't. And if you're smart, you'll leave it at that. If they're rude enough to say why not, that's up to you. You can either be honest and you can say, I don't really want to. I love you, but I just am not up to that group. That's honest. Or you can make something up like I do because I'm a Libra. I can't. I, I'm booked. I've got a reading. <laughs> something. So there are different ways to play it. But if you're aware of that, I think that's one of those key psychological things to know about. I've gotten in my life where I don't owe anybody any explanations. And that's worked very well. Yeah, it does. It does. Something else that, you know, I have to say, it just is so ironic to me. I lived in Los Angeles 30 years. Nobody there ever in 30 years. 
asked me where I went to church. I moved back to the side, forgotten this. But here everybody does. And it, to me, it is so rude. It's like asking people how much money they make. And I didn't know how to quite handle it because it happens to this day all, all the time. It happened. But I, I found myself, somebody said, where do you go to church? I have a couple of responses, but one of them is, excuse me? Well, I don't even know you. Why are you interested in my religion? I'll throw it out to them that way. Why are you interested in my religion? With a smile. And of course, it makes them uncomfortable because they realize what they're doing. It sounds so innocent. It's really not. I find that people who ask it, they don't care that where you go to church, but they care that you go to church because if you don't go to church, you're not religious and you're a threat. It's that simple. So you see how these things operate very subtly in these transactions and interchanges that we have with people every day. You have to know who you are, what you think, and you don't have to apologize for doing it. Just like you said, you don't have to offer reasons or excuses. And if they're rude enough to press for them, tell them that's rude. Tell them <laughs> somebody didn't and needed to at some point. You tell them. I'm sorry, that's a rude question. And drop it. Shut up and let them simmer or whatever they do. I saw a skit one time that had a moral to it, it had a point to it, where they basically said, Robert, let me just play with you here a minute. Chocolate or vanilla? Choose. Chocolate. Why did you choose chocolate? Because I love it. All right. Another question. Chocolate or vanilla? Choose. Chocolate. Why did you choose chocolate? I like the taste better. Now, this can go on for a long time. I'm going to cut it off and cut to the chase. After I saw it go on for 45 minutes, <laughs> it's back and forth. They had a live wire up on stage, so a lot of it was just the fun play between the two people doing it. But at the end of the day, they got to the point where the moral of the thing was, I choose chocolate because I choose chocolate. Yeah. I don't have to explain why I choose chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. I have the ability to choose. I have the freedom to. And actually, that was when I was going through my second divorce, was right then when I saw this. And I thought, Dang, that's the best relationship advice I've ever heard. We're talking about Venus. I choose you because I have the ability to choose, and I choose you. Yeah. That's powerful. Beautiful. All right, let's talk now about, and we'll drop a couple of charts in the show notes here so you can look at these, when Venus goes retrograde, what that chart looks like, and then when it turns direct in September. Let's bring it to I know it's a little dated to 2023, but you'll also see how Robert thinks through when these planets go retrograde. So let's start with the one here of July 22nd, 2023. It's dated on the chart that we're looking at 9.32 p.m. in Asheville, North Carolina. You know, another thing, Thomas, with this stationary retrograde that Venus is doing at 28 Leo, it squares Uranus, which is a 22 and a half Taurus. So what you get when you have a station of Venus squaring Uranus is some sort of sudden, usually sudden event that has been building for some time. And it will have to do with love and relationships and or money. So it will be something unexpected that can be stressful, but it can work out fine, actually, because at the same time that Venus stationary retrograde squares Uranus, it also trines 
uh, Chiron and and the North Node at the same time. So it, it will work out all right, but it may throw you. Now, in a relationship sometimes, this can correspond to things like getting pregnant, having a baby, something that's very wonderful and exciting. It's also stressful, but it's happy stress. Other times, depending on the situation, it can lead to some arguments, serious arguments, even possibly separations, depending on the state of the relationship. What this tends to do when Venus emphatically squares Uranus is to upset or change the status quo. If you're coming into it feeling very secure financially, suddenly you may be hit with some rather expensive but very necessary bills that you need to pay. One of the things it, it warns against is impulsive spending on luxurious or expensive items. You don't buy a car in 24 hours without researching what you're doing. You don't buy, you don't, this is not the period to be buying expensive jewelry or other items that you don't need, but you'd really like. But in relationships, it tends to, uh, if, if you're together, it can throw stresses into the relationship that make both of you reevaluate things. You don't have to do it that consciously, but that's what's going on is you're both, both of you are ready to grow and to change. So the idea is to do it together. You're both wanting to. And that, that means in your own lives. It may be a new job. It may be a new hobby. It may be a new dress. It may be a new car, whatever it is. Uh, you, but you, both of you want to take the relationship to the next step. And if it can't get there, it will grow a little bit apart. It'll stress it in that way. Uh, th but the, the general tendency is to reverse the status quo. If you're single going into this aspect, boom, suddenly you meet somebody who is really attractive and appealing to you. And by George, so is she or he. They're equally attractive. And suddenly you find yourself in this intense relationship that you didn't see coming. Neither one of you maybe did. It probably won't last. Relationships that are new, that form under this Venus square Uranus, generally are just that. They change both people's lives, but they don't last. So it's not necessary. Now, if, if you meet someone new and electrifying under this aspect, just give it time. Give it six months. See where you are in six months. See where you are in a year. But don't leap into moving in together right away. It's that sort of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, not to me, but <laughs> maybe somebody would. <laughs> we, li we live in hope. Yeah, well, I live in a box. You know, it's like the chances of that happening, unless somebody slides down the air it. vent here, is going to be Tell almost impossible. It. Okay, so <laughs> listen, one of the techniques that I've learned from you, though, is that these events are very significant. And I just am scratching my little chinny chin chin here. And I think this is probably a stretch and you're probably you might disagree with me. But five days prior to this, the nodes changed signs. And we talked about that in the last episode. And I just kind of have to wonder that there's a significant irony here that five days later, everything you just described about not only this Venus retrograde, but Venus retrograde in general is really close to that nodal axis. And I wonder if some of the things in this chart can even be an imprint for what this transit might look like of the nodes. 
with the south node going through Libra, which of course is ruled by Venus. So I don't know. We'll just see as it plays out. There are two yods in this chart. We're not going to talk about them here, but there are two yods. There's actually a grand trine. There are three trines. He mentioned the one to the north node. You can look at the individual aspects and see what uh, see what you see in the chart. But I just kind of wonder, do you have any thoughts on that? Am I wandering too far down a, a dead-end road? Or would you say, yeah, maybe this could represent some of the positionings that we'll see as the nodes, as the south node at least, transits through Libra? I don't think you're going down a wrong path at all. When you include the nodes here, which you should, because of the square, no, it's the square to Uranus. It's right? a trine. Yeah, it's a trine, yeah, trine, it's a trine, to, trine the to the north, so a sextile to the south. Yeah. Because when you throw the nodes in here, when I mentioned electrifying relationships, when you throw the nodes in with it, which you do here, now you're talking about a chance, a likelihood even, of meeting someone. Now, this can be on a business level as well as a personal level. Venus rules money and love. So it can be both. But the likelihood is there for all of us in some way. Now, it can be small to meet somebody who is a karmic, meaning a past life connection that we have. And there, when they come into the life, it's pretty unmistakable. It's somebody that maybe you just meet casually or socially somewhere, or maybe through friends at a party or something. But you meet them, you don't know them, but you're just instantly, you like each other. You're just drawn to each other. It's friends. That person may be in your life long enough, and you in theirs, to change each other's life lives. It may or may not be romantic. It, it very well can be. And if you're already married or in a relationship, then you have another problem. But it's one of those indications when you've got the nodes involved here that it can be a truly significant someone. It may be somebody who comes into your life who rekindles your zest for living. They see things in you that a lot of people, or maybe even you, have ignored or missed or let go of a long time ago. And here this person comes into your life and somehow they trigger, they reawaken some some joy in living. And that carries over into the rest of your life, even after they're gone. All right, let's change charts now and let's go to the other one that's in the show notes the one where Venus turns direct, and let's bring this thing back to reality. <laughs> now we've gone all the way back to, for those of you numerologists, 12 degrees, 12 minutes. And this is September 3rd, 2023 at 9.39 p.m. All right. Now we're talking about Venus turning direct, where it's been retrograde all these months. All of the adjustments and breakthroughs that you've made in terms of a relationship in your life, maybe your spouse, maybe your girlfriend or boyfriend, maybe a friend or friends, but significant relationships. All of the Venus in retrograde readjustments that you've been making since July now begin to take shape in terms of actions. And this means with your with Venus turning direct square Jupiter and the moon both in Taurus here in September 
That means changes that have been building since July now are put into action. So if the if the relationships, let's say a personal one, you've both awakened to a whole new course in life, in a sense, and maybe a new course in terms of your relationship. It can be in the form of having a baby, getting pregnant. It can be in the fourth form of one or both of you starting some self-employment venture. But but something along those lines of, of making new adjustments in the relationship, whatever those adjustments have been, now is when here in September, they really begin to take root. Now, if you're in a couple... Or, or even friendships that have not been able to make the adjustments because the two people are really growing in not only different directions, but conflicting directions. Then in September, there can be a break in such relationships. doesn't have to be a divorce or separation. It certainly could be. But there will be a, a break in in relationships in September, and also possibly uh, some monetary shakeups as well. So that, for example, if you are deciding, to, if couples are deciding to go their separate ways, then if it's divorce, you've got some expenses connected with that. Uh, if it's having a child, you've got expenses connected with that. So there can be good changes as well as so-called bad ones, although if a divorce is, everybody says, oh, don't get divorced, and yet you sometimes you really need to because they're toxic relationships. So those are the kinds of things that can be indicated when, when Venus goes direct. But it's forward motion, and that's the thing to think about. It's going forward. So from this point on in September, in terms of everything symbolized by Venus in love and money, just generally, you will be going forward too. You will cut your say you'll let go of the past. That's basically what this is. So it can mean letting go of past encumbrances or past relationships that really no longer are beneficial, but uh, but have outlived their their lifespan. So you'll be moving on in September. And if you are moving on in terms of some creative hobby or self-employment venture, so much the better. It's great for that. Wow. Thank you so much, Robert. Now you guys know why they call Robert the goat. Well, they say they. Who's they? They is me. (laughs) I think he's just the best. Thank you so much, Robert. And he is available for readings to boot. Loves doing them as much as he loves teaching. You can book him right in the show notes. And also there, speaking of teaching, is our horary class where Robert teaches nine different lessons on horary astrology that is incredible. Not only if you want to learn to ask the chart a question, but also if you want to just learn so much astrology, especially about the houses. So that link to the course and information on it is also in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Catch all the videos on YouTube, by the way, as well, on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. Mm -hmm.